Welcome back to another episode of Friendly Shadows. Today in the shadows, we have Mark Anthony. Hello, everyone. I have Mark Anthony with us today. Uh, now, Mark, you first came across my desk uh, from a local promoters here of a uh, Christmas video on Facebook. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Wow, we're going back. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, um, that uh, that Christmas song was actually put out a year before before that. Uh, actually, I put out an EP back in the back in the in the fall called uh, "Just Me and Hopefully You" an acoustic EP. But the Christmas song. Can I bring them home for Christmas? Is actually I put that out the preview, not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before. But because of some of the night, it was just a long story. But it was a a nightmare in the studio. Uh, somebody wanted to add all the the engineer wanted to add all these instruments. Wouldn't master it for me. Wouldn't mix it. Held on to it. Now we didn't get out of video or anything until Christmas Eve. It didn't even hit the streaming services until sometime in like mid late January. So. It was put out, but nobody knew about it until, you know, I started promoting it some, uh, you know, back in December. You mentioned you had an EP too, uh, an acoustic EP. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about that as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love talking about it. I've been wanting to put out an acoustic EP and the way it was, we record and the way I wanted to record it was just a single I think there's only about 20 seconds of overdub acoustic guitar out of the whole, I think it's about you know, five songs, about 17, 17 minutes, something like that. But I wanted to record it in a manner that gave, you know, not a lot of effects, the guitar semi dry, give that feeling like if I was sitting on somebody's couch and playing the, playing these five songs and Thankfully, I think it was the first time in my life that I actually had people in the area contacting me wanting to actually work work with this, you know, to help me put the CP out. And um, the guy who actually saved my Christmas song when I got it and it was in such bad quality, Chip Dominic, it's before and after music. And um, he, he, made, he was able to make my um, my poorly mixed and recorded Christmas song usable and he wanted to work with me, you know, and he just, it, it provided a great opportunity for me. This is probably the smallest studio I've ever was in. It was basically just a, a, a spare room in his house and had some nice equipment, but he's a, he was just really good at what he did. And it, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't be any more pleased about how it came out when I originally was supposed to record the EP and the Christmas song, it was actually, uh, I was invited to somebody's home studio who is a uh, well-known uh, Christian rock artist. And, uh, you know, it kept being put on hold and on hold and on hold. And I didn't want to wait forever. And Chip Dominic uh, came to the rescue. It was, seemed like the best scenario. And, you know, we worked great together and I was able to put it, you know, we recorded, you know, it didn't take that long to record it. And, you know, I, I really like it. I, I would suggest if you could, it's streaming everywhere. You know, my name obviously is Mark Anthony, but it's called Just Me and Hopefully You. And hopefully you are, 
you know, and I don't want to say, I can't remember if it's parentheses or quotations or whatever it is. And um, it's out there. It's uh, did really well. I did a video, uh, Your Scars Are Beautiful. I did a single off of it back in, in September. I think right now, on, just on Facebook, it's over 40,000 views, about a thousand shares. And uh, I know it's, it's, if you, it's definitely designed for, about about a woman if you listen to all five songs it kind of it loosely it loosely tells a story if you go through from track one to track five and it's definitely something you know, talking about relationships and that and basically that the woman i mean when it really comes down to it they're the ones who are in control of everything and i think um you know and it's just it's 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 it it's something that i'm very proud of i never thought i would actually record an ep or any more than one song here and there with acoustic guitar and it put you know a bunch of songs out and it, it was it was doing really well there in the in the um in the spring now you know it's you know there's not as many people listening to it but yeah i i, I hope you got there and check it out i think you'll like it excellent excellent now this ep and the christmas song that we mentioned earlier obviously uh real quick for for reference can i get the christmas song's name can i bring them home for christmas can i bring them home for christmas now they obviously weren't your first songs how long have you been doing this <laughs> um uh people don't realize i'm a little older than they probably think i've been i've been at it for I don't like to admit this, but probably a few decades now. I originally was a uh, guitar lead guitar player, played rock music, actually harder edge rock music. Started singing, um, played in a lot of local, lot of local bands here in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, did everything from sort of the end of the hair band era to the you know sort of post grunge, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden sort of things and you know i've been at it for a for a long time we've written a lot of a lot of material and i guess it was right before the whole pandemic thing and everything happened i started you know i started getting more into the the, the modern country and things like that and that's sort of the direction i've been kind of uh leaning towards even if you listen to my ep it has a has it definitely has a country flavor to it like country flavor to it it's not really rock it has a unique sound to it but it sounds familiar but it's not odd or anything like that it's they're you know very easy listening uh songs but yeah i used to i used to be the guy that was screaming at a microphone <laughs> high pitched and do that whole that whole sort of thing for a long time oh that's great you know when i was uh younger i was in like a post-punk post-rock uh type bands and um and now i'm you know much more mellowed out so i i guess <laughs> i identify with you on that it's, level well music has changed too and and when it really comes down to it uh you know somebody with an acoustic guitar and writing songs and singing and going out and playing i mean it's it's in right now too. So the whole thing, I mean, there's a rock is always going to be a rock music's always going to be around. I'm sure in due time, it's going to come back big and hard. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to sort of some breakout 
artist or band's going to come and get everything going again. But it just doesn't, the audience isn't there like it, like it used to be. And luckily, uh, Kelly, some of the stuff that we're both doing, it's, um, you know, yeah, we might've been doing it for a while, but we're sort of, we're sort of in style. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, you know, we're appealing to, to a wider, wider audience. At least that's how I see it. Anyhow, I'll promote a post here and there. When I put out music, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pay a little bit of money for promotion. You don't need a lot on social media. And mm. one thing that I don't do that a lot of other musicians here, and I'm sure probably, you know, across the country or across the world does on social media, they go on and they see all their friends, friends, and a friend requests them to their personal Facebook or Instagram page. And then from there, then they send them on immediately sending them in an invite to their musician page and that's sort of how they oh. kind of grow their audience and i don't do that i mean i i have over ten thousand people who follow me but the thing is i don't i don't i go out and actually promote to get i don't beg people i'm not i'm not stealing everybody's friends off their friends list and sending them connecting to them on my personal account and then immediately sending them an invite. Now I could send them an invite for my musician page. And, you know, I, I just prefer not to, to do it that way. And I guess what really helped me out was the whole, and I hate to say it, the whole thing with COVID when everything was shut down, I started, you know, taking acoustic guitar and putting and just doing a, I did like a quarantine cover, or I think I did, it was called and I, did a few songs and the first thing I did, I came up with an interesting version of Little Red Corvette by Prince. And all of a sudden people liked it. Then they started sharing it. Then I started, my audience started growing. I'm like, you know what? I should stick in this acoustic direction and see what happens. And, you know, probably right before the pandemic, I probably had a, you know, maybe four or 500 people following me. And then all of a sudden it just started picking up and I'm getting messages from people and, oh, I like how you did that. And then one of the songs that's on my EP, and there's a video out, for it, out there for it too, We Don't Need to Be, or no, no, not We Don't Need to Be Alone. There isn't a video for this one I'm thinking of. It's called um, Let's Run Away. And it was about, there's a song I wrote from two people that I've met, one that I've become friends with. The other one I, you know, I met who was single and both of these women or or beautiful women that you would never know that had terminal cancer and they were out there doing their jobs one was is an accountant the other one actually run runs an or department at an or at a major uh hospital here in pittsburgh and they always and it just telling me how difficult it is to date and to meet somebody to get close to because of the situation that they're in but they're still out there kicking butt. You went, they and you would never know what was going on with their health. And one night I sat down and I said to myself, geez, if I met somebody that I really, you know, I, I fell for, and all of a sudden they found out that they had cancer and that it was unlikely to be cured, you know, what would I say to them? What would I want them to to know? And I and I and I sat there and I wrote I wrote this short song and I sort of put it to the side with you know I'm sure as you do Kelly we you write a verse here and there an idea you really never do anything with it and it sort of sat in a pile of things in one of my notebooks and like maybe 
you know, a few months later, I'm going through some things and I came across this song and, you know, I wrote, let's run away. And I started, you know, I fixed a few things and I'm like, this is really good. I think I'm going to actually just record this on my phone. I'm going to put it on my page and see what happens. And I did do that. And I immediately took it down because I was like, this might be corny to people. They might, you know, this might be too much. I don't know how people are going to react to it. And then maybe a half hour later, I'm like, you know what? I want to see what happens with this. I really like, I really like this song. And I think a lot of people will relate to it. And so I went and I put it back up on my page. And then the next morning, all of a sudden, you know, it started, things started getting crazy. People are messaging me. People are liking it. They're sharing it. So I boosted it a little bit out there and I just picked up a few thousand followers over it and it just blew me away just off of this song that's not complicated and what ended up really that really this is before you know obviously me and you have ever you know have ever talked that somebody contacted me through facebook you know you could use you could actually call someone and and a person in in uh near atlanta georgia was like you know what i really like your song i don't understand what you're playing for the a chord because it sounds different than what i'm playing here and you know my fiance just found out um, he had his, uh, uh, what I'm trying to think it's the Lou Garrett ALS mm. and I want to learn this song and sing it for him. It just, and that just sort of got really got the ball rolling with everything. And I'm like, you know what? I got to stick with this acoustic thing. There's people, people seem to like it. And so I'm, I'm going to get back into this, doing some little bit of rock and country here come later this year but you know i've been just i've been i've just been riding this solo acoustic thing and it's been it's and it's been working you know i'm very happy wife and I, we do a show where we're just acoustic, uh, me and her in an acoustic, and we can get booked at a tiny place or at a big place. Uh, I think it's just the way things are going. Uh, I don't know. but It's an easy but, setup, too, going on. I mean, I I do it. In fact, I'm playing a private event next Saturday, and I'll play some of my own stuff. You know, but I'm also going to play some, I do some covers of some Southern and classic rock stuff like, you know, Leonard Skinner and, and uh, the Almond Brothers. But then I do a little bit of, you know, more classic rock, like a Chris Isaac song or um, like taking a song like Little Red Corvette and turning it into an acoustic version and, and uh, doing some stuff by you know, by the modern guys like Jason Aldean and um and uh brantley gilbert and i throw in a few johnny cash and uh charlie pride i just sort of mix it up and it seems that people i, I make them my own and it, people seem to like it and you know you don't have to lug around the you know a stack of amplifiers you could take a nice powered speaker and a small board and a few microphones and stands and you know it's an easy setup and tear down Right, right. And the people get an eclectic mix of music, you know, that 
that is carried on an acoustic guitar uh instead of just one style which is weird you'd think you throw a bunch of instruments on stage together you get you get the mix but it's with the acoustic that you mentioned where you do the old country the new country the rock a band doing that would be hard be hard to get a band to do all that uh that repertoire and yeah well the thing i think that when you're talking about like yourself or you and your wife you could tailor it to fit you you have five different people in the band and the way they want to tailor it is going to be a lot different than you and i think there's something about say you're not even a, a country music fan and you know and i do baby it's going to take a little bit longer by charlie pride you might not care for that song if it's on the radio but if you're in a you're in a bar or winery or wherever you're at or some outdoor event you know and somebody's singing and playing it you know if it sounds good you know you're people are into it they don't they don't they when you got that acoustic version of doing things keeping it light i just think people react to it differently there's people who like that song that would not want to hear that with a full band playing because they like you they like your voice. They like your voice. They like your wife's voice. So if they like that, it's almost like long as you do it well, they could care less what you're playing. You know, long as you long as you're doing it well, it's it is it, it, the whole kind of stripped down thing gives you the ability to take any song you want and turn it into whatever you want. And if you're if you could sing and you could play all right, people are going to like it. I totally agree with that. Uh, in fact, I've told someone uh, that as as much. Uh, if you're if you're really really tight and sound like you're on the radio, they won't notice you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's things too. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's face it. A lot of times when when you're out doing an acoustic show, uh, the clanging of dishes, plates, <laughs> chatter is not much not much softer than than the people that are playing. But there's a lot of places that love that, have you come in and play because, you know, at least here in south, southwestern Pennsylvania, there's not as many places doing the full bands anymore. And the ones that are closer towards like this, like in the downtown parts of, of Pittsburgh. And what they're doing is they're getting original bands and they're, they're shoving five bands into one night. Neither None of the bands know more than 10 or 12 songs. And they really, you know, they might make a few dollars selling T-shirts or hats or CDs, but, you know, they have to go out and, you know, they hand them tickets and say, okay, well, you know, you could charge whatever you want for these tickets, but when you come in, whatever you don't have, you have to pay $3 a piece for, or four, you know, so they got to go out and, you know, hit the streets basically and beg everybody to, to come see them play so that they don't lose any money that night. And, you know, bar on the acoustics real nice. It doesn't matter what style of music you're in. If you, if the, if whosoever's playing sounds pretty good, they like you. You don't get the attention. You don't get that loud, you know, yeah, you know, and, and plot at the end of a, end of a song that has a big solo at the end or anything like that. But, it, you know, it's a lot less stressful and it's very, and it's just easy. I never thought as a guy who, you know, burns on the on the electric guitar and i never thought that i would spend more time playing in an acoustic guitar and here i am doing it and you know what it's pretty 
it's pretty cool. It, you know, at least I'm not like some of the people I know are still living in the past trying to play. Oh, we're still doing playing rat and we're playing the old Motley crew and all that. You know, you could, I'm still putting out and writing stuff just like you are. That's, that's relevant that somebody's not listening and saying, Oh, here's another eighties rocker again. How many, how many bands do I got to hear? It's going to sound 40 years behind the times, you know, it's a, I don't know. That's, 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 that's how I look at it. And you know what? People are appreciating what I'm doing, whether I'm playing the spoons and singing. If people seem to like it, then that's what I'm going to do. Well, Mark, thanks for coming on the friendly shadows today. Really enjoyed your stories about your EP and your, I really enjoyed the story, especially about the Christmas song that almost wasn't because uh, I've had some run-ins with some nice mixers myself. But, uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I think, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to talking with you. I, I like, I like your podcast. I think it's cool. Well, thank you, Mark Anthony. We, we think the podcast is pretty cool too. And thank you for coming on. Next up, we've got Dan's Well and the Symptoms. everyone i am really curious about this uh next guest because i have listened to some music that has been post-rock that has been pop that has been uh just good old rock and roll uh that has even had some hip-hop elements and i am really curious to talk to danswell symptoms and he's here is, is this uh is that right danswell and the symptoms yeah hi there yeah hi uh how's it going <laughs> you okay very cool. I listen on Apple. So if you see okay. a little Texas, if you see a little Texas click, that's me yeah. on Apple. That's uh, you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I, have and used, I, I have used Apple. It's quite good. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. I, I was just curious. Uh, how do you go about making a song like that? Because uh, it's not just something you just hammer out on an acoustic guitar, is it? Well, interestingly, that is one that did originate um, with that acoustic guitar line and then the Telecaster on top of it. Well, actually, the the end of the lead part was sort of the end of that guitar line, and I sort of split them when I recorded it and let the acoustic just sort of play through some chords and add a lead line on top. Um, and it started with, yeah, that, that intro verse um and i just wrote a chorus that was in the key and there was a few words that stuck in my head that sort of made sense sort of didn't for the chorus um and yeah i i guess when it came to recording it um i wanted to take it quite far away from um its origins um because I think if you're uh, an artist in the pop world, um, you know, you're very much uh, funneled by the record label down a certain path. And I wanted to add a lot of synthesizers and strings and sort of pop 
elements, you know, almost disco dance elements as well, with the introduction of the breakbeat uh, for the chorus. Um, that was when I really knew it was going to work like that. It was just going to take some time to balance everything out because I had the breakbeat and an acoustic guitar and that sounded great. So um, that's when it really started to um, to take the shape that it, that it is now, which is, um, yeah, it's not, um, there is an acoustic guitar there, but you wouldn't put it in folk, would you? Right. Uh you know, I listened to your al- an album, not not all of your album, because you have a, you have a big catalog. Uh, but I listened to one album from July or June of last year. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot rem- man, I should take notes. I cannot remember the name, but there's a song on there called Ah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of the first songs I wrote, actually. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. When I came to do the album. There was a few songs that weren't ready or they weren't right. And I sort of wanted it to be at least eight songs long and a few it's got a few instrumentals on there as well. Uh, sort of they're sort of tie-in pieces to make it a bit more like a concept album. And and so I wanted it to have at least eight songs and I went through my folder of old songs and that one stuck out. And it, it just it needed a middle eight and a, and a and a lead guitar part and a few other bits and pieces, but it was yeah, that that was that was um, one of the first songs I wrote. Yeah, probably second or third song I wrote. Huh. Well, I see here on a little emblem that says three three twenty twenty three. Can you tell us what happens then? Oh yeah. So uh, on Friday uh, tomorrow, uh, the end, uh, which is my next single, is released. Um, fantastic. Which, yeah, which is. Um, I think it's a little bit more straightforward, the style that I've gone for with that one than she, her. Um, um, it's obviously a bit more um, rockier. There's less. There's a bit of synth in there, but there's not as much. There isn't as many layers to it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, you've turned me into a fan over the course of just uh, listening to you, getting ready to talk to you, because I feel like... Um, I would like maybe some of the stuff you might have possibly grown up listening to, although you're way over there and I'm way over here. I realize there's probably a lot different, um, but you know, I, do I gravitate think... towards American bands though. I found actually. Oh. So when I think the first concert I went to was to go and see Oasis with my uh, auntie and uncle. Um, and then after that, I started hanging around with some older people and they were into American bands. And I sort of lost interest in the Britpop stuff um, then and got really into um, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, um, Alice in Chains, Tool, Nine Inch Nails. So... Um, yeah, I, 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 that would make sense that, that we probably uh, have a lot of crossover um, in the sort of things that we listen to. You got to tell me what it's like, because I talk to people from all over the world and I want to know what the sounds that you grew up listening to were, not necessarily your influences, but if you could paint a picture in sound, 
what? Well, what? yeah, I mean, my my parents used to play. My dad used to play a lot of Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Elton John, um, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, solo stuff. Um, I remember my parents explaining to me what stereo was and putting headphones on me and playing Dark Side of the Moon, which I believe is on a cassette, actually, uh, not on vinyl, um, because my dad's vinyl copy had been stolen. He'd lost some vinyl at some stage in his life, and that was one of them that he'd never got around to replacing. Um, and then, I guess, you know, that's the music you're exposed to. And then stuff that's on TV. I mean, I guess kids' TV in the 90s was really weird because you had these bands like, you know, the Spice Girls and, um, you know, all sorts of pop acts popping up, but also bands like Radiohead. Um <laughs> And, you know, probably later on, Stereophonics and stuff like that, these rock bands and post-grunge bands. And even probably before I was, you know, I'm sure um, I'd have seen Top of the Pops with Nirvana on it, but I probably was about eight or nine years old, you know. <laughs> Seen it years later as a teenager and been really switched on to it then. Um, it's those sort of bands, really, that got me picking up a, a bass and doing stuff. Um, and you know, I mean, the, yeah, the Britpop thing was huge. I mean, it was great for people that wanted to play instruments. There was also a lot of dance music in the nineties growing up uh, on the radio, um, things like the Prodigy and stuff like that. Um, then I got into really sort of heavier bands and older bands and more obscure bands as you meet more people. And you know, I used to go to a, a regular rock night and hang out with people that had similar interests to me and DJ would play new stuff and people would say, you checked out this band? And that's what got me into, um, into playing bass at first. And then, um, yeah, I sort of stopped doing music. I did some DJing while I was in uni. When was that? 2007. Um, wow. And then I didn't really play any music until about 2015. You know, so I bought a guitar because I still had a bass. Um, the Thunderbird bass I've got, I've had since I was 17. Um, I've just always looked that round with me, even when I haven't played music for some reason. It's just moved. It's, I've moved house so many times since my student days. Um, and it's moved so house so many times. And probably in some cases not left the bag for years, but it gets played regularly now. So all is well. Um, but yeah, I bought a guitar in about 2015. And, you know, I didn't really have the motivation. And I didn't know what I was doing and it's slow at first when you start and playing bass is very different. And um, it was during the pandemic really that I was just stuck at home with a guitar, no job. Um, and I think it was the end of 2020, I wrote a song um, and that sort of made me go, oh, hang on a minute. Because I had this strange idea that only certain people can write songs like it's magic. <laughs> but I actually think it's probably in everybody to do it. It just might take a thing to force you to do it, you know. <laughs> and with me, it was uh, boredom, I guess. I got um, sick of my progress with guitar because, you know, it's hard work playing as 
well as all your heroes, especially when you've only got 50 quid acoustic guitar. Um, so just started writing simple songs and sort of went on from there, really. I used to do some recording stuff and I played in bands when I was a bass player. So sort of brought some of that knowledge in and YouTube is obviously a treasure trove of catch up and uh, repeat information. You know, I've, I've definitely studied stuff about compressors, but it was 20 years ago. So you, you have to go and look it up again. What does it actually do? <laughs> uh, and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all sort of coming together now. You know, the drums, I don't really do sound like a person, even though there's no person. Um, the, you know, the, the, it's, uh, yeah, it's taken me some time. If you listen to some of the earlier stuff, you know, there's definitely um, production needs, but I think I'm getting to a place now where um, things are starting to sound how I want them to sound. Um, I'm starting to sort of be able to, you know, make the make the message what I want it to be which sometimes is a struggle, isn't it, when you self-produce? It, it is. It is. I can, I can uh, attest from experience. You know, one of the, one of the many things that you um, struck on was 2015. That was mm. when I, I personally um, had a breakdown, lost my trucking career, and went into writing songs full-time the same year. So ah. yeah, another career yeah yeah i didn't have a good year 2015 and i sort of bought the guitar as a you need to find something else to do with your time um and to a degree it, it did i also bought a playstation 4 and that was my mistake uh, <laughs> is you know the progress is far it's 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 eked out in video games to get you to buy more a musical instrument is you know it's ups and downs and back and forth isn't it it's never um never a straight line of progression oh so. no no you in two hours you might come up with a riff that lasts you 20 years and then you can play six days in a row and not come up with anything. So it's just like, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I focused on at first was learning other people's songs, just so I knew loads of different chord shapes and could start looking at stuff like music theory that I've always struggled with and saying, right, okay, so Tom York's written that song in this key until that point when actually he's using these chords and that's what gives it that quality and start to work out right okay so if in my song i use a d suspended two instead of a, a just a d major that gives a different quality because it's not it is the right chord but it's it gives a slight different voicing and all those sorts of things really so i really had to sort of go back to basics but i had so much time during lockdown um you know, my uh, I lost my job just before um, the lockdowns happened, and yeah, yeah, I just I spent the whole time either sat in the garden or on the sofa here, like I am now talking to you. Um, yeah, uh, just just 
just playing the guitar and trying to learn different things and different chord shapes and try and work out why, you know, why I love that bit of that song, why that bit makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, you know, try and work out what, what have they done? And um, yeah, I guess now the, it's not, it's not trying to replicate it, but it's trying to, um, trying to use the same skills, the same tricks to, get across the things i want to say you know sure well you're studying the right stuff with um chords and transitions and voicings and and um i mean you're you're on the right path i think because uh i hear i when i listen to you i hear someone who's aware that there's somebody listening and it's not just a guy goofing off in front of his computer or whatever i hear a guy making songs for people to hear and mm. And, uh, uh, I really enjoy that. And I, and it's, and it's proved positive by your studying the voicings, uh, and, um, the transitions, uh, of, of other songs that are out there, because I feel like uh, there's a treasure trove of information already out there in the form of released music. And... Yeah, yeah, and there's and obviously you know when you're looking at stuff from the nineties, you know they, they you're looking at singles that are f sort of five uh, or six minutes long, and um, you know nowadays really the end is four minutes and nine seconds, and I'm pushing it, aren't I? So there is an element of you know um, applying different principles you know the principles of okay now it needs to be a bit catchier it needs to be a little less self-indulgent if i'm going to fit a solo in it really needs to count like does it need you know it, it it might not 16 bars is too long it needs to be eight bars or whatever you're know, making those sort of decisions which you know a lot of the bands i'm influenced by <clears throat> they they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that they would have made songs longer to make points you know um <laughs> but now we live in a different time so it's applying you know all those sorts of things i mean i guess what's interesting you know the way you can work now um i was able to cut about 50 seconds out of the end and actually listen back to it and rearrange some of the audio that i've got because it was all played with the drums it was all in time and be like yeah that is snappier for being four minutes long there is something to that actually being snappier. Maybe I'll do a longer version in the future, but actually that is the version I should pull out. So, you know, those decisions aren't always, um, sometimes I feel like I'm making them for a commercial reason, but actually when I listen to it back, I'm like, no, there's a, there is a reason people make that decision. It's not always commercial. So there are, you know, different principles that can be applied. I think, you know, back when I learned recording in sort of, the late 90s early 2000s it was on reel to reel um it was a very different game so now we've got so much flexibility with what we can do um it's it's a great time in a lot of ways to be able to create because there's so much out there that you can you know you can get stuff for free and do stuff that 20 years ago you wouldn't have even thought about doing which is it's amazing really yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sitting here in front of a Mac, and I've got Logic minimized because before I got off the call with you, um, I had to shave 45 seconds off of someone's song. <laughs> All right. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but um, 
uh, I want to, I don't know where you're from. Can you talk a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, so um, I live in Wales, which is in the United Kingdom. Um, I live in Cardiff, which is the capital city of Wales. Um, I grew up in North Wales, um, which is it's about 200 miles drive. Um, so where we think is far, but not far in America. And um, uh, yeah, I, I grew up there. I went to university on the coast of Wales and then I moved down here been here since 2013 so 10 years now um yeah that's it really it was uh saint david's day at some point this week uh, which is the patron saint of wales um religious holidays aren't something i care about so um but yeah it's um it's where tom jones is from you know you know what i mean <laughs> I have friends. I have friends uh, in northern Wales, like uh, Colwyn Bay. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Colwyn Bay isn't far from where I grew up. Okay. Um, and they uh, there's a there's a happening little scene up there. It sounds like I don't know. It could be all. They could be all. It can be. Off, yeah. 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 I mean, I I lived about thirty or forty miles east of Colwyn Bay, but that was quite close to the border with England and the city Chester and then the cities of Liverpool and Manchester. So hmm. it was quite good being in a band in that area, looking back on it now, because you could apply to do gigs and drive up to some quite good places to go to different audiences you know you had three audiences on your doorstep four if you count north wales so it was it was a good area you know i guess here in cardiff right across the water there's bristol so that's got a big music scene as well so i mean there's there's, there's plenty of i mean there's a lot of stuff in the uk about music venues shutting down and then being struggling to stay open and you know with the cost of living and people not going out as much and having to charge more for drinks and all that sort of stuff that goes on. But, um, you know, there's still places to play. I just, I, my problem is I don't have a band. <laughs> the stuff that I'm doing really needs a band, I think would be fun, really fun. I'd enjoy it. I hope the, the audience would as well, but I, I definitely enjoy it. So, Well, we're, we're totally going to enjoy it. Can you tell us, um, uh, like, what you plan i know you got a single out tomorrow but what mm. are some, what are some of your goals plans coming up for the future do you know what i um i always struggle with this question because i i'm i'm sort of yeah it's difficult to plan ahead my my plan really is i've got i've got a couple more singles one of them's a cover recorded and I've got a few written down that I'm planning to start tracking. So the plan for this year is to do quite a lot of singles, um, spread them out every five or six weeks. So you're talking between eight and ten, something like that. Um, my plan is to sort of have those finished by April, May sort of time so that I can really focus on, A, promoting them, um be recording an acoustic ep maybe an album of some of the stuff and then 
taking a bit of a gap while I'm promoting the stuff and then maybe in 2024 I might write an album again I will sit down and write about 25 songs first <laughs> that is the plan <laughs> to do it with the intention because I never intended to write an album and I sort of had a whole bunch of songs and then it became more songs and I was like this is nearly an album <clears throat> And then I dropped a few of the songs off because quality control. And then I, I wrote I wrote Soy Milk and Sadness really late. And I fixed ah, um, and then I had an album and I did the instrumentals, but there was never a plan to do an album. And I feel like the product will be better if there's a plan. Um, and the only way to prove that is to do it with a plan. So yeah, that's that's my sort of plan for the next sort of two years ish but um how i continue to um fund that um and keep sane um remains to be seen so i'm not saying my sanity is directly linked to the amount of people that stream but it might be so why not listen Where Maybe they want me to be more insane. So by the time it gets to the album, they'll all tune in. Like they're crazy now. Quick, tune in. <laughs> Where can people? Last question, and, and then uh, I'll get out of your hair. Um, where can people find you? Can you tell them where you want them, where you prefer, and where all you are? Um, well, I think I've signed up to absolutely everything. <laughs> I feel like I've signed up to everything. I do too. Not that I'm complaining, but I just, I have a lot of logins and passwords now. Uh, like a lot more than I had before. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on all of the social media. Um, Bandcamp is a great platform. It's Bandcamp to, uh, Friday tomorrow, um, which means all the revenue comes to me or whichever artist you buy. Um, that's a great platform because you can stream and you can download your songs um, onto certain devices. You can now make playlists, which is a new feature um, and they really support artists. Um, you know, if you can't afford to buy music, stream it. If you haven't got a streaming service, um, some of my stuff is on SoundCloud. It's all on YouTube. And if you're playing, even if you're playing the album and it gets to one of the singles, the music video cuts in instead of the album artwork which is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they all pay me a very, 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 very small amount of money. Um, I guess that's where we live now. Um, but, yeah, just just search for Dan's One of the Symptoms anywhere, really. Um, I even come up as the top result on Google now, like I'm a real thing. You are a real thing. Yeah, well, it can be proven. <laughs> this is wonderful. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up and say thank you to Dancewell and the Symptoms. Thank you to Mark Anthony. And next week, you're not going to want to miss it. Our friend Roger Brainerd is on the shadows. Until then, we'll see you in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs>